People are interested in success, but one of the hallmarks of success, we all know, is productivity. Productivity is essentially nothing more than our effectiveness at making, causing, providing, or creating something. Now, there are definite things that increase our productivity and definite things that decrease our productivity. Today, I'm going to share with you my top secrets for productivity. One, intrinsic motivation. When your motivation comes about specifically because the doing of something you find naturally satisfying in and of itself, you don't really need motivation to do something. You will, in fact, not even have to try to be productive. Here's an example. Let's say you put a monkey in a cage with a puzzle. You don't really have to do anything to get that monkey to begin playing with the puzzle because they find playing with the puzzle naturally satisfying. Let's say that I was to introduce a reward. Let's say that now I'm going to feed the monkey for doing this puzzle. That's an extrinsic reward. Now this monkey is motivated not by the pleasure of doing the puzzle itself. This monkey is now motivated by the treat. Extrinsic motivation is a recipe for productivity disaster. It's one of the reasons why in work environments where the main motivation for people's work is the paycheck, productivity is not what it can be. <laughs> you will not have the wave of energy within you to accomplish a task if you have no intrinsic motivation. Instead, it will feel like it takes the forced effort of drudgery to do it. Intrinsic motivation is why a scientist can spend years in a lab until they emerge with a theory. Intrinsic motivation is why an athlete can dedicate their entire existence to a 10-second race. This is one of the reasons why even though some people work better in a structure type of a situation, a lot of people actually don't work as well when their day or their activities are structured. They don't follow a set routine. Instead, it's an intuitive, felt-based, and organic interaction with their day as the day occurs. These people organize their day according to inspiration. Where there is inspiration, you can ride the wave of that inspiration and take inspired action steps. If you do what inspires you, even a task that's difficult to do takes no forced effort to do, and it takes much less time to do it as well. If you really don't have intrinsic motivation or natural inspiration to do something, I think it's about time to question why you're dedicating so much of your time and your energy and your resources to something you don't find naturally satisfying. In other words, it's time to reevaluate your life. Two, if you aren't automatically intrinsically motivated towards something, but you're still completely committed to dedicating your time and energy and resources to it, I'm going to give you a tiny bit of a hack. What you're going to do is you're going to find something that does intrinsically motivate you within the thing that doesn't motivate you at all. For example, imagine that someone's totally unmotivated to help others, but this person loves problem solving. If someone in their life has a problem, they can set the intention of honing their skill of problem solving in general, and suddenly they will feel motivated to do it. To understand more about this, watch my video titled Priceless Motivation Tip. Find the self-serving motive. 3. Act on inspiration immediately. This is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. They think that when they come up with something that inspires them, they have time to act on it. You actually don't. When it comes to this inspiration that rises within you that we could consider the forerunner for intrinsic motivation, it functions a lot like surfing. 
those of you who have ever surfed or have seen somebody surf know that there's a very limited amount of time you have to get on that wave. This means act immediately. Don't say, oh, I'm going to do that in an hour, I'm going to do that tomorrow, or I'll do it someday. You want to take action the second that something happens. I'm talking seconds to minutes is all you've got to take your first action step. Four, you want to deal with resistance the second that it arises. Now this is the opposite of what most people in the world do, and it sure as hell is the opposite of what people in businesses do. In fact, the attitude is the opposite. That success or productivity is somehow accomplished by bulldozing resistance when it occurs. To understand resistance fully, I want you to imagine a lake. In this lake, there's a boat. This boat has six oarsmen in it, each of whom have a paddle. Some of these oarsmen are paddling in one direction. Some of them are paddling in the opposite direction. These oarsmen are in resistance to each other because resistance is nothing more than opposition. It is any oppositional force. We can meet with opposition from the outside, and we can meet with opposition from the inside. How obvious is it? that when resistance is involved, like that lake scenario, the likelihood of us getting to where we want to go is a lot lower. And even if we do get there, how much time is it going to take us comparatively if we don't get all of these people going in one direction at one time? The rule of thumb for success is this. If resistance occurs, you stop what you are doing. You deal directly with the resistance and create a resolution so that there is no longer that force of opposition before you do anything else. No action should be taken from a place of resistance. When it comes to productivity, this is a particular problem when we have competitive commitments, competitive interests, competitive desires, or competitive goals. To understand this in depth, watch my videos titled Urgent, Deal with Your Resistance Before You Do Anything Else, and Bulldozing, The Way to Ruin Your Relationship with Yourself. For those of you that are kind of struggling with this, especially on a business level, I'm going to give you an analogy. Dealing with your resistance before taking an action step is like pulling up an anchor on your sailboat, as opposed to simply adding more sails to hope that they're going to compensate for the drag of your anchor. Five, do what you're excellent at. This may come as kind of a strange little tip for you, but here's the thing. If you do what is naturally and intrinsically second nature to you, that thing that you're naturally talented at, it's going to take a hell of a lot less effort to do. Besides, you can't actually be excellent at something if it isn't in line with your life purpose in general, which means that you're not posing resistance to the universe at large. Your area of excellence will be something you take for granted. And I must mention here that a company or system can only be genuinely productive when people are placed correctly in their positions of excellence. Six, don't think in terms of hours. Think in terms of results. This is one of the biggest differences between people who are genuinely successful and productive and people who are not. You want to think of the completion of a task and the quality of what is produced. Super successful people see what they produce as a reflection on themselves. They take responsibility for that which they produce. This means it's in their hands whether they dedicate two hours to something or three full days to something. It's about what they produce, not the time it took to produce it. People who are not truly successful have an earning type of mentality where value is placed on their time instead of on their results. 7. Every day you have to assess what needs to be done according to the actual priorities of what's going to be the most effective. 
It is absolutely critical that you appropriately prioritize before throwing your energy into something. People become much less productive because they become totally scattered. They've got a list of to-do items and they cannot figure out what would be the most effective to throw their energy into and when. Your energy should pour into whatever is the highest priority at any given time. But here I'm going to throw a little wrench in your socket and say this may be a little bit counterintuitive. For example, let's say that you're absolutely exhausted and you're on the floor. You may have a whole list of to-do items of really high priority things. However, if you prioritize getting a massage, that massage may be the very thing which enables you to focus on those high priority things, which makes that massage the highest priority. And don't forget to factor into this prioritization rule to do those tasks which are the most challenging when you have the most energy to do them. For most people, this is going to be first thing in the morning. Make lists and check them off the minute that they're completed. This may seem like a trite type of a suggestion. In fact, you've probably seen it in a lot of your educational suggestions around success. But the reason that this is actually here is because it actually works, you guys. Try not to overwhelm yourself with a very large list, but here's the thing, we all know that's not going to happen. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to write down everything that you have to do on this to-do list. You're going to end up with an enormous list, and you're going to tell yourself that the only reason you have this list is so you don't have to have any of it sitting around in your mind. You don't have to keep track of any of it. Then you're going to break this giant list into smaller to-do lists every day. Often you will not be able to plot out the entire process of something being brought to fruition because many of the steps you can't even see yet. This is okay. Plan to add to this to-do list and to reassess priorities daily. It's okay if the process looks like finishing the first step, then seeing what the second step even is, then taking that second step, and seeing what the third step even is. If this is the case, just keep on putting one foot in front of the other until the idea is brought to life. 9. Focused on the first item of priority and continue to focus on it all the way through to completion. The only exception to this rule should be if something that is truly higher priority comes up. Now we all know that obviously if it's super high priority to be doing something on your computer and all of a sudden there's a house fire, the automatic first priority switches to getting out of the house. And in a company, this happens. But when this isn't happening, you need to focus and focus through to completion. Truly successful people focus on the completion of a task. When it comes to productivity, it is better if open-ended items bother you, because the likelihood of you becoming scattered will be lower if you don't have a high tolerance for open-ended items. You're also going to have to be really honest about your capacity or lack thereof to multitask, and let's say that you are one of these people who actually is naturally good at multitasking. You still have to ask yourself the question, is multitasking the best way of getting this done? Or is the very best thing to focus entirely all of my energy focus and anything else that I have into this one thing to a state of completion? Also, I cannot tell you how much more productive it will make you because of how much more of an energy boost you will get to be able to actually cross something off of your list and never have to think of it again. 10. Become aware of where your energy is going. So much of the time, people who struggle with productivity think their energy is going towards things they aren't actually focusing on. One of the most eye-opening things you can do is to pick two or three days 
And during those two or three days, you're going to keep track of every minute of your day, what you are doing, and therefore what your energy is actually going towards. You're going to keep a journal and write down what you're doing and for how long. Every time you change focus or do something else, write it down. For example, 8 to 8.20, getting ready in the bathroom. 8.20 to 8.45, eating breakfast. 8.45 to 9.15, driving to work and listening to self-esteem podcast. 9.15 to 9.20, walking from parking garage to desk. 9.20 to 11 o'clock, in a marketing meeting. 11 to 11.20, arguing with girlfriend over the phone. You get the point. You're going to do this for the entire day, and when this exercise is done, you're going to look back at it. You're going to actually add up the hours of the time you're dedicating towards different things in your life. And then you're going to ask yourself the question, how do I feel about this? <laughs> Is my actual time and energy and focus going to the things I want it to go to? Or am I really lying to myself? Is it really a wonder why I'm not productive anymore? Don't be surprised about this. Most people who do this exercise find out just how much time they are dedicating to thinking about doing something versus actually doing it. 11. Be aware of when the time comes to delegate. And when that time comes, delegate. <laughs> Productivity slows down so much when one person has too many things to do. Basically, there cannot be too much on one person's plate. That person includes you. The day will come when the only way to remain productive or become more productive is to get help or hire people, and productivity is exponentially increased when those people you delegate tasks to are even better at doing those tasks than you are. 12. Declutter. One thing a lot of people don't realize relative to their productivity is how much progress when it comes to creation is impeded by clutter. Now, clutter can be tangible and intangible. The environment you work in impacts your energy and effectiveness. This means throw away or store old papers. Clean your workspace. Delete things from your computer you no longer need, or put them all in one place and store it all externally. Create the space for clarity. Be in control of your canvas. One of the most important aspects of this decluttering is to make sure not to clutter it in the first place, and this is a big problem people have. Let's say that you want to write a book. Now, instead of sitting down and really starting on that book, you decide to check your email. That's opening yourself for clutter. It means that before you get down to the focus of that thing you actually want to create productivity with, you're going to get inundated by other people's ideas, by things they want from you, by the need to respond. It's going to deplete your energy before you even sit down to do the task. It would have been a hell of a lot better to not clutter your life with those intangible things and to instead pour your energy into that thing you really want to pour your energy into. Looking at the news may create a clutter of new worries. Cluttering your morning with small tasks before you get down to your main task depletes and scatters your energy. The rule is simplify, simplify, simplify. It is critical to remove both tangible and intangible distractions. 13. This one ties in with our previous item on the list about resistance. Whenever you feel a lull in your productivity, do not be afraid to stop Step back and reevaluate. Success owes itself to people who can switch horses midstream. It is highly unproductive to continue to pour your energy into something that just isn't feeling right or just isn't working. In fact, when you feel that way, that's a serious alarm bell that you need to step back and take a way more objective look at this and reevaluate it so that you can throw your energy back into it or decide not to 
in a different way. You need to be able to change course. 14. Set up systems. Systems are nothing more than repeatable processes. And processes that are repeatable that are entirely in your control. For example, a goal might be, I want to be in a romantic relationship. This isn't a system, this is a goal. A system would be, on Monday I'm going to singles night, on Tuesday I'm going to go to the dog park and I'm going to initiate talking with three new people. Productivity goes through the roof when people focus on systems. This is the step where automation of repetitive tasks and creating habits that you can stick to comes into play. In a company, setting up systems is critical. It is the only way that success can be replicated and new people can be hired into the company without having to reinvent the wheel every single time. 15. The struggle is part of the process. It does not matter how much intrinsic motivation you have or inspiration you have. When it comes to wanting to produce something, there is going to be, inevitably, a time where you feel like this isn't working. When you run into one of these days where it feels like nothing you're doing is in alignment, I need you to realize that this is very different than having no intrinsic motivation towards something in the first place. It's just, everyone has bad days on the road to creating something. Embrace this struggle. Use it to reevaluate instead of immediately thinking that the struggle means it's time to doubt the whole damn thing in its entirety. Sometimes we need to stop fighting and take a rest. And ironically, when we do this, oftentimes we release our resistance to the struggle just enough that a solution naturally arises. Expecting that if something's meant to be, that it will just be easy or run smoothly or always feel good is one thing. And that's not being in reality. It does not go that way for anyone. Many people feel blindsided by struggle, by setbacks, and by failures. And when they encounter these things, they just give up. Success is really about realizing this is par for the course. It's about streamlining your energy and your focus and riding those waves of inspiration and intrinsic motivation so that you can focus that streamlined energy all the way through to the completion of whatever it is you're trying to produce. Have a good week.